Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. Well, we have actually already started recording, but I can edit. That's fine. Go for <laughs> it. I right. like the casual beginning. That's know? fine. Because um, I find it very difficult, this like, very kind of uh, radio formal type in yeah. interview style. Like, yeah, there's nothing formal about me. But That's I will fine. say that I'm with Chris Ferry. Yes. Of Hello. Fairy Fit. Yes. Amongst many things that you are ta- known for and talented at, mm. um, you own a gym. Yes. You're a personal trainer. Yes. And a barista, but the sounds of things you're I'm a barista as well. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a pretty good. I'm pretty good at making coffees. And the reason why you're here, the reason why I asked you is uh, for two things. I found your Instagram. Um, I'd seen your advert. Mm-hmm. It was Tesco and Bell Yes. Yes. I love a bit of marketing. And, um, and then my friend was going to your gym. Mm-hmm. And she was saying lots of great things about it. And then I was just getting the vibe from your Instagram that you're all about the community mm-hmm. that you're building and yeah. nurturing. It's not just get the folk in the door and take their money. I no. get the impression that you love what you do. Aye. And the people that are coming are getting so much more than just, you know, a workout. Aye, and that's the thing. Like, we like, we do, like, sounds so naff, but we like, appreciate every person that comes through that door. So my, my thing is... I found uh, your local clubs, so like your, like your bowling clubs mm-hmm. and Bells Hill, Motherwell, Min- Motherwell Miners is still there, but Bells mm-hmm. Hill Miners, it was like right. a hub for people that used to go young, old, you know you used to go sneak in there and you used to get in when you were 15, you'd have a pint and stuff and you thought <laughs> it was like, the best thing ever, but like you were there and you would be sitting with somebody's dad and then their granddad was there, or probably their great granddad was there, mm-hmm. and it was amazing, and then what I found is, is the clubs all shut, then You're your right. community broke away. Mm. And it was quite upsetting, like, so like, my family owned chip shops in, like, through Bells Hill, and yeah. they had cafes, and I always remember, like, like Laura's grand, I said to me that, like, him and his, or, or her and her grand, mm-hmm. that used to meet up in my nono nono's cafe, and oh. stuff like that, and that's how, like, and it was, like, that was a great thing, and it was, like, people went there, had their fish and chips, and done that, and then, like, when I started dating Laura, it was, like, oh, is that a Tory Ferry's um, grandson, or, oh, well, his nono was very well respected, and blah, 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 and then they were, like, that's so that's really cool, and then I was, like, I feel like Bells Hill and Motherwell and everyone was just losing the whole community thing. Yeah. It was, and then it was everyone was becoming big corporate things. You went to a corporate gym, you went in a treadmill, you didn't speak to MD, and that was it. And so gradually, since we started the boot camps ten years ago, the boot camps, funny enough, we were talking about this last night with my friend. They started solely because. I'd wanted to run Tough Murder, but I didn't want to run it myself. Right. And as people used to say, oh, you're a PT and you'll be fine, you can do this and blah, blah, blah. I was quite shitting it to run Tough Murder. Okay. And, and I was like... Quite right, I, <laughs> And then I was like, I don't want to do it myself. Uh-huh. And I was like, sure, there must be other people out there that like that with me. And that's we started the boot camps and then gradually we started just building and, and that's how it done. So mm-hmm. we started down... We started around the corner. We started doing the Rockburn. So we actually did. We started across the road for the boys' club. Uh-huh. So it's nine amazing. years now. So I... Aye. So it's just built to this city, like, whole community. Mm. Um, the best compliment we ever had is we went to uh, one of the events and somebody came up to me and says, you look like a bunch of misfits. And I was like, good. Yes, that's that's the, what I want. Yeah. So we went from people, like, 
we take the Bells Academy and Cardo Newman, LGBT groups, to, they all run the events mm-hmm. with us to the point where like, one of our oldest members was 60 or something like that. Amazing. Do you know what I mean? So I we run yeah, for like 15 years. That's what it should be. Mm-hmm. Just like, like the cafes mm-hmm. you know, that your family ran, that's what it should be. It's just all walks of life. Feel that they can in. come in, spark up a conversation. Yep. You know, that you're right, that is lost. Mm-hmm. There's a, and people like you are, are trying to rebuild that and it's really important. Aye. That's know? why we do like charity nights and we're massive in charity and like that's the thing. So like I just find everybody rallies round and they all get together and it's sometimes it's really overwhelming with the gym because like they're so supportive. Yeah. See the minute you give an idea or you say something, they're just it is, it sounds totally naff but they've all got your back. Yeah, like, on board. So we're doing a twenty four hour fitness challenge on Friday the thirteenth of March. And the support I've got for the members is unbelievable. So me and Laura are like, bloody hell, this is uh-huh. unbelievable. So they're like, so a lot of them are like, got a day off work, I'm going to do the full 24 hours with you. And you're like, like say what? what? Because people are like, oh, I'm not having you do it yourself. And you're like, oh, thanks very much. And it's like, well, what do you need me to do? Right, I Give me this task and I'll do that. Show me how to work the till. So see when you're doing that, I, I'll go behind the desk and I'll do that. And they're all great. And um, they're all so, so like, I could, like, a new girl started the gym the day. And I had to go and set up for circuits, and all of them just sat there and were blaring away. And they'll make sure you stay behind, have a coffee, and they all just sat and spoke to her. And she's like, I can't wait to come back. That's and you're crazy. like, brilliant. Like they're feeding back into that vibe that you wanted to create. Like yeah. They are supporting you as well, as mm-hmm. much as they're getting so much from you, they're giving back to you because they obviously love it, they obviously feel accepted, and then they're not being judged. I think working out for a lot of people is quite a scary Oh, totally. You know, kind of. Especially if you've been away from it for a long time or you feel that your body's changed. There's so many things, so many aspects that can stop people from working out, especially in a gym with other people. Aye, so this is, we've been trying, it's it's hard to sort of nail every area, but we're trying gradually to do it. So one of the ones we noticed was when we had our first daughter, Sophia, um, we just opened, we'd opened the studio, so we'd opened Unit 11 and... We went in there and that was fine and I always remember Laura coming down with the buggy just after Sophia was born and she was like, you need to do something, we need a class for me. Like, I need a class, it wasn't just for her, she was like, I need a class for like, I need people like me, I can't be the only one feeling like this. And I was like, and so we've got big tiles in the gym and so I was like, go and, go and you and Sophia stand in that tile and I was like, right, so one, two, three, four, and I was like, right, you can get 12 to 14 women in here with buggies. And she's like, right. And I says, right, what if they all sit against it? And so she was bouncing ideas, two was bouncing ideas. And she's like, oh, it'd be really good. And she goes, I just want to become like um, like a fit more. And I was like, and then we were, yes. and, and then I was like, a fairy fit more, right? <laughs> and then that's it, and it started. So Is that how just sentences go in your house, eh? Literally, everything's <laughs> up, everything with our surname. Yeah, like, people like, that. <laughs> so you get like, everything we do, like my sister's got her hairdressed and it's like uh-huh. uh, fairy beautiful hair. And, and it was like, Moz is like mums and weights. You're all on this. See, it's all about the marketing. Don't miss a trick. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you were rehearsed in? Like, were you, do you feel quite comfortable in terms of branding and approaching it? Or was it you just going, right, let's... Um, I think it's like the whole background. Like, I used to work in Slaters when I was younger. And I think, I don't even think I know, by working in there, you were like, my God, I'd, I'd love something like this one day. And it was just, presentation was everything. The person coming in to buy a suit, then they, they were the most important person in that room because they, one, came into that shop mm-hmm. to choose to buy a yeah, suit. Yeah, yeah. Then you were going to get them a suit and you were going to give them different options. You treated their wife or their partner like a suit would be like Quality Street, blah, blah. Yeah. So if they had their kids there, you gave them a wee colouring book because it was all about the experience yeah, the and it was all about the, I, and their brand. Their brand was like, it was the best. You went mm-hmm. there for a suit. Yeah. That's where you was nowhere else to go. And Do you know what I mean? Treated the same. They feel like they're not just a number. Yep. 
And that's what's drummed into you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you could walk in with a suit and a, a pair of Adidas trackies. It wouldn't make a difference. Do you know what I mean? Your money was as good as their money. Absolutely. It doesn't make a difference. Yeah. And that's what I think. So since leaving there, like it's always been drummed into me. And that's when I've done personal training. It was all with my clients. Everyone was with my clients. Like I wanted my clients to get the best results. I still do. And now with my members, I want my members to have the best experience they could possibly have. And if there's anyone, we, we do monkey surveys. We try and adapt. If they need a bit of kit, we'll, try, we'll try and invest in it. Um, anything you want to do, like, do you want to run this event? Let's get everybody behind you. One of the girls is doing like like a mental health like uh, group, and she does a walk every like, Sunday down the like, We're trying to like we'll share our posts and that because we want that yeah, means something to her, so we'll support yeah. her. So I we branding. Uh, it's been important to me. Like I want people to like know who we are, and I want people to know. Do you know what? We, like I want to go to gym. We should go to Ferry Fit. I, I need, if I've got a mum, I should go to Ferry Fit. I want personal Ferry Fit, Sportsman Ferry Fit. Everyone should be yeah. like, where can we go? Because you know you'll get the best service. So that's my so, idea. Going back a bit, mm-hmm. when you were younger, was fitness, you know, was that something that was in your life? That was important <laughs> to you, sport, I, activity? It's sort of started, I um, played, I was terrible at football. Right. I always wanted to be a football for my grandpa. So he was a massive Rangers fan. Okay. I wanted to play, I wanted to be a play, but I wasn't going to play with Rangers. He told me I had to play with Motherwell uh, <laughs> or Rangers or something because I should play with my local team. <laughs> I, wanted to be, I wanted to be good at football and I was awful. I was the worst footballer you've ever seen in your life. And he used to stand at the line and shout, you need to get better, you need to get better. And it, it gutted me that I was terrible for him. And then I went to the academy and I was like, I need to try something. So my grandpa had passed away at that point and I'd went and I was like, right, I'm going to try rugby. Mm-hmm. So I went into the rugby training and I was, I was shit at that to begin with. And I was like, oh, I want to be good at this. So I used to go and practice. And then I remember getting put in the game one day and... I remember, I remember the PE teacher and the science teacher who took the cling wing at art. Right, we need to, we need to put we need to put that wee guy on. Right, and I could, I'm standing there and I'm, 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 I'm right here, I can actually hear you. Right, and he went, ah, where do you want to put him in that? And he went, put him in the wing. And he went, he's only a wee bit fat to go in the wing. Right, and then I put, to be fair, I was. Right, and I went, what? And he was like, but they were like, they were obviously like just like bantered on and all that. Right, and right, I didn't take a fit. I'm did. judging them. Yeah, you can judge, right? And I was like, so I was, they put me in the wing and I got the ball and I always remember I literally went on the wing and I got past the ball straight away and this mutant sized guy went for me and I done this mad ballerina turn which nice. is, I don't know how I done it right and I spun and then I belted up the wing and I got a try and they were like what right? and then I was like how the hell did that happen right and I was like so it ends up Gradually, um, I started getting more of a game, and I got, I got in the wing, and I started building up, and then You're I started. Underdog. I was underdog, Aye. so I started training more, and um, done really well. Went to like North Lancashire District, North Lancashire District, went to Glasgow District, right. did really really good, and then like MD, I found drinking girls, so I stopped. <laughs> I just sort of fell away for it. I um, fell away for it, and then I was sort of set up to go. I was going to go and do sports coaching and I was also up to do sports coaching and I was ready to do it. I wanted to do um, anything to do with fitness, that was me. I wanted to do it. I started doing uh, Thai boxing, I found a gym, I found I was getting results, I was running up to the gym and uh, I uh, started seeing one of the guys I knew who were a couple of years above me was driving a Type R and I was like, oh, what a Type R? What do you do? And he went, oh, you need to do architectural technology. It's the best thing ever. You like drawing, don't you? And I was I was really good at art. I was like, oh, I love drawing. He says, all about drawing. You do this and you funny money. And then straight away, 16, 17 year old, I was like, I'm doing architectural technology. Lasted 
half a year, fell asleep at the it dropped to it, it stopped it didn't even go for um, sports coaching, which my mum still holds to me. <laughs> that I, I dropped to that and chose architectural technology and um I started doing that, hated it, and then dropped to it and worked in Slaters. But it is really hard to know what you want to do. If I did it at that so point, I wouldn't have been doing it, you know. That's that. Like seventeen year old, you're just sitting like, oh my god, like yeah. he's he's obviously living the dream. You know what I mean, and at the same point, I don't regret it in any way. But like I keep saying that to my mum, I was like, I don't regret it because when I was younger, I only done. So basically, what had happened was I done that, and then I had to work in slayers, did some shitty jobs, and everything like that. And then when I was, I saved up and I went away. I went away backpacking with Laura for a year and we travelled about and I came back and I said to her I am going to wake up and I do not want to do a job that I hate Mm -hmm. but part of the reason I went backpacking was I got told I didn't I always wanted to be a fireman and I got told I didn't have enough life experience so I thought going to be travelling I've had enough life experience all different cultures and I came back I was at the gym one day and I was training away and I was there all the time because I wasn't really working Mm -hmm. and one of the girls in you says to me she's like you're in your all the time you're training all the time Why? and you're always helping people in the gym and you've always got a different mate with you training me why are you never doing PT and I was like I was like who's going to pay me to train them she's like that's what I do she's like I'm a PT she goes I go about to people's houses and train people come in with me one day and I'll show you what I do so sure enough I went away with her and I was like went to a couple of clients and she went that's what you could do and I was like you're right I could do that and she went you could do that to get into the fire brigade. She goes, because you're fat, blah, blah, blah. Wow. So I literally fell into fitness to get into the fire brigade. How cool is that, Hardo? Aye. So it was really good there, do you know what I mean? So it was good there, like, so to say to me, and then I was like, it was ideal. A lot of other people would just be, you know, staying in their lane, and there's that competitive element of running your own business. Mm-hmm. I know lots of people run their own business, and they're very open and very happy to be mentors uh, and inspire other people and offer advice, but there'll be a lot of people out there, but like, I'm doing my thing. Like that's the thing, and that's what you find. And it was it was great, and it was a great foot in. And I did. I, I tried. Uh, I, I tried to get into the fire brigade, and um, I think I, that's a really not maybe it's not a really strange thing for them to say, but like a whole life experience. Aye, I so it was. Like I was only like so. I was like nineteen, twenty. I sort of I believe things happen for a reason, and I'm quite a big. I'm a very, very big mm. believer in that. I believe it. Like I didn't have enough life experience, and. If I didn't go and do it, if he didn't, my dad's mate, my dad's mate was in the fire brigade, and if he didn't say that to me, I would never have went backpacking. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm not really into, like, I'm, I'm a bit, how do you hang it? Would you say skeptical? Skeptical. That, that, that's the word I was looking for about um, psychics. But always, but I always went to a psychic uh-huh. just before I went travelling. Right. And the guy said to me, he's like, you're a pure mummy's boy. He says your mummy does your washing, she does your ironing, your dad does everything for you. You need to grow up. And I was like, all right. And he says. I can see you're thinking about going backpacking to join the fire brigades or the police, and I'm no. like, ah. I, I was like, how did you do that? And he was like, and, and anyway, that's what I was like, how did you know that? How did you know that? And anyway, that's what happened. So basically, went to go for the fire brigade. Um, started doing, I done my PT, shadowed in different gyms, got some gym shifts, gradually built up my gym shifts, boom, 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 to the point where I was doing like full time in the gym and doing PT and stuff like that. So it was great. So what was the impetus to then start, you know, Fairy Fit and branch out on your own and create this community that you have? Um, the whole idea is always sort of like the chip shop. I know it's a total opposite, polar opposite end, but I love the fact that like people knew like my grandparents, they knew, they knew my no that they knew yeah. the family, and I just, I, I, the, the only thing it like 
I can never I can never get told what to do. I'm terrible at being told what to do. Okay. So I could never It's nice to be self aware. I so I murdered <laughs> I was always a bit like, I could do that better. Or why are they doing that? That's ah. not like, that's not the best for that business. Why are they do like, right. it? So I was like that's why I was sort of like I started Fairy Fit and the whole thing that I wanted to be my own boss. Mm. I didn't really anticipate it to ever go to this level. I started it being a PT and as I say, I was doing like construction work while I was saving up to do it. And I, again, I remember a guy when I was out on site saying to me, who the hell would pay whatever it is for a mm. PT session with you, right? What do you know? I was like, well, I'm doing this course and I'm doing that and I'm shadowing here and I'm doing this. And then that's it spurred me on. So I, I like people tell me I can't do things. Right. I get a good drive out of that. So I like it when people, like when I did a bodybuilding show, I always remember somebody saying to me, you could never do a bodybuilding show. Bodybuilding show. I, oh, I literally no. done it because somebody told me I couldn't do it. And I do these things. That's why like when I do Tough Murder, people add to me, <laughs> like you'll never be able to do a Tough Murder. I, I will. Me. I watch me. And right. then when I finished, after I had my operation somebody says to me like um, you'll never be able to do the Glasgow Edinburgh cycle the big belter and I was like, they're like you've never been on a road bike before you'll never be able to do it because you don't have the course yeah, ability people are going about telling folk that they can't do stuff I love them they're the best people they're the people you want you I want the people that takes strength of character because see if somebody told me that I don't get told often that I can't do something I think I'm probably needing to be told that mm. I would I would just shrivel into a wee ball oh I no I love I'm actually quite appreciative of them yeah. because if they didn't tell me I couldn't do it, then you're right, I probably wouldn't have done it. And so sometimes it's good. Like the cycle one was a big one for me because now I get out and I'd say to my nurse, I'm going to do Glasgow Edinburgh Cycle, and she was dead positive about it. She's like, You are mental. Like, I told you to do like, like the normal one. And I'm like, No. Gentle I was like, No, no, no. I need to do this. And uh-huh. um, she's like, You need to watch your core, blah, blah, blah. And I did it. And I didn't do the full 100, but I did the 75. But that was because it was too slow. Why? Because my course stability wasn't the greatest. And I hadn't been on a road bike before. But I still did 75 yeah. mile for my first ever cycle. And I was like, well, don't ever tell me I can't do things. Because yeah. I'm just going to do them. And that's part of the reason I do these things. So obviously you have mentioned that you had a very big operation. Yes. Are you happy to talk about it? Aye, but I didn't. If I don't talk about it, then it's not going to help other well, people if they ever think they've... partly why I asked you as well, mm-hmm. because your openness on your social media and uh-huh. everything that you've been through, I think is incredible. I think that's something that's really inspiring for a lot of people. And um, so you, it's your story to tell. Well, I'm not going to lie. I've sort of like procrastinated to be even coming on the podcast because I like you, Bill Cancer UK and stuff like that. And um, the other week I met my nurse Eleanor. Eleanor. Yeah. I Eleanor Ray, the most amazing I woman saw ever. A beautiful picture. Oh, she's honestly, man, she can make me great. She's just the best, best person ever, and she's retiring. And she said to me that I need to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, I've been asked on this po- I've been asked on a podcast, and I've been asked by Bill Kinsey UK to do a video, and I hang me. And she says, "Have you done it yet?" And I went, "No." And she's like, "Why?" And I says, "I don't know." And she's like, "But." your story helps people and she goes and you need to do this and she goes like, I'm retiring she goes but you're you need to keep working with Bill Cancer UK and you need to keep doing this because you are so so lucky for what happened to you mm. so I was like right so I'm like right and she's like do it just keep doing it so, so anyway well, I'll thank Eleanor for the fact so yeah thank you, thank I just Eleanor. like it was like body swerving things like, oh, no but it is, it is your story and I guess it's your time to tell it whenever you feel comfortable to 
um, and obviously opens a can of worms for you because it's an emotional uh, thing do you know what I mean like you are out the other side and there's lots mm-hmm. of positives and all the things you've gained oh, I totally. out of that terrible experience but it's still been through something mm-hmm. very harrowing I so basically um, we how it started well, basically we opened our gym side so we, the gym we had the studio side in October 2018 we opened the gym so mm-hmm. massive deal not through the wall opened the gym big start employing staff everything like that great big buzz about the place great anticipations and what had happened was to skip back on the June of 2017 I ran Tough Murder and we did great mm-hmm. it was amazing after Tough Murder I was July, August, September time, I was I was standing there and my stomach was going into crazy cramps, mm. and I was like, oh my god, I was like, it must be something. Meeting, it was like twisting my felt like my bowel was twisting. Oh I was god. like, oh my god, what is this? Or like if I had a t-shirt on, mm-hmm. I'd have this wee pot belly, and I'm like, what the hell? Right, yeah. This is ridiculous. Mm. So I went to do- doctors and I said to him, like, don't know what's going on here. My stomach's going crazy, mm. and he was like, all right. And he said to me, you ran tough matter. And I went, and he went, you know there's an eco- there was a breakout E. coli there? He says, look, let's go and do bloods. Go and get your bloods done, we'll see how they do. Mm-hmm. Went away, done my bloods, came back, and um, he's like, the bloods are clear. So that was it, he let, so he left it. October, November, December, oh, bloody hell, my stomach is in bits. I don't know what's happening here. And so I stripped my diet apart, took dairy out my diet, took, oh, gluten, I'll become gluten-free while I do this. <laughs> Trying all these different things, nothing. January time, went back to him, went to him and says, look, done X, Y and Z he went no gonna lie really good the job you're in you've stripped it you've done everything I was going to ask you to do sorry to say this you're going for a scope great, great. so I was like right do you know what just see what's up anyway went for a scope um, got a doctor and he came in he went oh you've got like a couple of polyps are calling your bowel he's that's really weird he says because you're eating really good you're quite young he says do you drink a lot of fizzy juice no do you drink he goes you don't really drink much no right. cut this one this and this now fine I'm going to get you back, do a second one, because it's a bit much one day. Went, got this other one in another, another hospital, and my stomach went in a spasm during it. And then the girl was like, that's not right, like, shouldn't be doing that. Anyway, she cancelled that, she went, I'm sending you back to the original surgeon. She sent me back to him, and he was like, oh, he goes, there's a polyp like, sitting behind your bowel. And he's like, look, nothing to worry about, don't worry. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send you this woman doctor in Glasgow, she's fantastic. She's just thinking, he says, because it's where it's sitting, I'd rather she did it. So you're um, worrying by this point, or are you just going this? I just want to get rid of this because it's sore. Um, at that point, I was just like, "Why am I? Why am I getting? Why? Why is that? Yeah. And what, what is this one behind my bow? I'm a bit like my mum, like, like not as bad as my mum now. Like my right. mum worries about where the weather, bro, the way the wind blows. So it ends up, I had an appointment on the Monday morning, right? And it was at quarter to nine, <laughs> and I, I drove up. What is it? Do you want me to go with you? No, I said it's fine. You cover the gym. My mum's like, do you want me to go with me? I was like, mum, I'm 32. I, I don't need you to go with me. But my mum's a bit like, why is he getting called back, especially at that time? Right. Which she tells me now. And I was mm. like, mm. So anyway, I went, went in. And the nurse came and she was like, eh, surgeon's running late. I says, look, tell him my wife's covering the gym today anyway. I'll come back later on. She went away. She came back and she went, no. Um, he said that he doesn't want you going anywhere. Um, have a seat here, please. And she was, um, but he won't be long. And he came with this woman and he sat me down and he's like, um, I, I don't know how to tell you this, okay. but um, remember that one that was sitting behind your bowel? And I was like, oh, honey, went, so the biopsy came back and it's cancer. And I was like, what? I was like, no. I was like, no. I was like, how, how can it be cancer? Uh-huh. And he was like, 
It looks like it's cancer, and um, we now don't know if it's anywhere else in your body. And I was like, Jeez. and I was like, um, uh, and I'm just sitting there. I just remember spinning my wedding ring, just sitting spinning it. And I looked up, and he went, and this is this is Eleanor, and she's your cancer nurse. And I was like, I was like, wait a minute here. I said, I'm a cancer nurse now. I was like, how? What? Wow. So he explains certain things and he says, you're very, very young and you're very, very fit. We need to get this out of you as soon as possible mm-hmm. because the odds of it spreading quicker is higher. So you're going to go with Eleanor today and we're going to try and get you an MRI. We're going to find if the cancer's anywhere else and then we move from there. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, until that point, I don't really know what else we're going to be doing. And we'll need to sit with all the surgeons and we need to decide what, what's the process for you. They must have been overdrive. And I was just sitting, I was like, I was just numb. I was just numb. And so we call it the room of doom now. This is what we look at. <laughs> so we were like, so Eleanor was amazing. She literally took me by the hand and she was talking to me and I just didn't hear anything. Yeah. It was, everything was a blur. I just remember taking me down to this room and I was sitting in this room and I just remember this woman and man, they were just talking about the most stupid things and I found myself going why is why is he even talking about that like mm-hmm. they were like moaning about something and anyway went in got my MRI sent away and I drove and I had to go to the garage that day and drop my van off and it was only around the corner for the gym so I dropped my van off and I just remember just walking going this is the weirdest thing in the world and I'm like I feel fight like yeah, I, yeah. apart from like, getting stomach cramps uh, I'm like they're telling me I've got this, I've got this, this terrible thing, thing. Aye. Yeah. and I'm like how is that Went into the gym and Moz was just finishing. Right. So all the mums and babies are all leaving and Laura's obviously like, she loves that class. That's her class. She yeah. I, loves that. And she's like, what's happening then? When when you go in, they go, yeah. when's that start? Dead positive. She's so positive about everything. And um, she's like, what is it? And I was like, I've got cancer. And she was like, she just, she just was like, what? She's like, you, you can't have cancer. Yeah. And I was like, I do. And she was like, oh my god, you're, you're not actually not kidding out. and she just felt your knees. Oh, and, I was like, oh. and then it just basically went from there. I went on my way down, I'd ask my sister, she'd come and cover my shift, cover Laura's shift, because this is, oh, I need to take Laura out for lunch, mm-hmm. or something like that. So my sister, you know, and then my sister came down, Laura's like howling greeting, mm-hmm. I'm trying to comfort her while I'm all tears and snorters, my sister came down, knew something had happened straight away, she broke down, and she's like, but it can't be you, and, was, yeah. and it just got like that. Had to go and tell my mum and dad, tell my mum, my mum had to phone my dad, my dad's like, it's no good is it? And then so my dad came down. And you're just still processing it yourself, you tell these people and see their reactions mm-hmm. to people that you love and you're like, I don't know anything nah, here. you don't nothing. know. So you're just sitting and then there. And you've been told you've probably forgotten it because you, you know what I mean? In that instance where they're finding all this information, uh-huh. you're like, draw a clue. Aye. So people are asking, where, what is don't it? Know. I don't know. Don't know. Is it, don't know. Yeah. Is it, how, how are we going to fix this? I don't know. Um, do you need to go for chemo? I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know. And, and then what? that's the scary thing. Of, like, I don't know anything now. Mm-hmm. So you just felt lost. Yeah. So you just felt like you'd been given that, didn't know how to deal with it. And then I just, like, just was a wreck. And it was like my dad was sitting, like, holding me. My dad's a pure man's man, like, king me. And it was hard because you're just like, Pff. So to sit from the Monday till it was like the Wednesday or Thursday. Didn't sleep Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, kept phoning the hospital and they knew I was like, I'm like, please, please, please tell me, I, I need to know, yeah. is it anywhere else? No, so it was fair enough and then I finally got a phone call and they were like, look, it's not anywhere else, mm-hmm. it's in your bill and we need to act fast because mm-hmm. where it's going to hit, it's going to be your liver and then it's going to go, so basically what happened, they called me back at the hospital and he said to me, this is the situation we're in, 
you have bowel cancer. It's sitting low in your bowel. It says, so we need to get in and we need to operate fast. Mm-hmm. And it says, now what's going to happen is because of the area of the bowel we're going to have to take out, you're going to have to get fitted with a temporary stoma. So pardon my French, I just turned around and went, I says, well, do you know what? I says, you can fuck right off. I says, I am not getting a stoma. Right? And he went like ah, I know it's not ideal, Chris, and I, I know you don't want that. I says, well, I says, do you know what? I says, just go through my belly. And, oh, yeah. Chris the surgeon here. <laughs> do I mean, yeah. go oh, do I'm, this and do this. Know, and he was like, Chris, you don't understand. He says, yeah. I'm just going to be blunt with you. See where it's sitting in your bowel? That's going straight to your liver. And the, he goes, and where it's going to hit next is your pancreas. And the minute he said that, I went chalk white. He looked at me and he went, do you know somebody with pancreatic cancer? And at that point, I just broke down because... Mm-hmm one of my best mates was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. So while I was going through everything, my mate got told that he had terminal cancer and it was pancreatic. And he was only 47, wow. 40, 48 or was. So he's like, right, so you know the process that's happened with your friend. Do you want that to happen to you? What's your answer now? And I went, I says, I says give me a stoma bag mm. then. I says, how long will I have the stoma bag for? And he went, we need to give your bill a rest. You're going to have it for X amount of months. Mm-hmm. I says, well, I have it forever. And he went, no. I says, I will not have it forever. I will not have a stone bag forever. Right? And he was like, and I don't know why I'm upset. And I was like, I just, I don't know. I don't know if it was a vanity thing or if it was, I just, I, I just didn't, I just hated the idea of this stoma. I don't know. Oh, 100%. 100%. I completely understand. You're like, no, I'm not having that. Aye, I was just like dead adamant. But I, I finally, I mean, it was like a gun to my head. I was like, fine, give me yeah, it. I'll, that's I'll the take it. He says, this is going to go fast now. He says, so you are going to be in surgery within the next two weeks. You are going to be um, set up to go for chemo and you potentially need radiotherapy. And I was like, what? And it's he not a word you know until it's Aye. you. You must just be like, what? I was like, what, what, what the hell? And he went, you have a family? And I said, I've got a daughter. And he was like, we're going to need to send you for um, send you to a sperm bank and we're going to need to send you to this because um, what happens is with radiotherapy it can affect you having kids and I was like I was like I'm fed what, the f- what what are you talking about and he says so what we're going to do today is send you away we're going to now tattoo your bowel and we're going to tattoo the area of your bowel that's got the thing on it and I was like I'm like I don't believe this yeah. so um, he says so it's all going to become very very fast now yeah. he says so you'll have lots of points so right that was fine um, they had to do biopsies and everything did start moving fast. Mm. I feel like it's a bit of a blur now, but basically we went through everything, done the operation, went in. It's just the most bizarre situation in the world, man. It's just sort of like, like everybody gave me like a bl- I became the most religious person in the world. It's Which like it one is. of the I so like the it's like one of the things, and you do start believing in things. And mm-hmm. um, like, like my friends are Catholic. I'm okay. mung- I say I'm mongrel. I'm mongrel. So like my dad's kid, my dad, my mum's church is gone. So uh-huh. I'm I'm like like we call blade. I'm like the daywalker. <laughs> so like uh, I can do whatever. So I, I was sort of like I had a blessed cloth. I had a Saint Christopher. <laughs> I had all this stuff that people were giving me. Wow. Like people were going to mosques were praying for me. People were lighting candles. I had all these different. It was so amazing. All these people, the support, and everybody was trying to be dead nice to you, and everybody was trying to send their support. And but it was really hard because you never knew what to write back to them. Sometimes you just found it really hard to write back to them, and that's basically what happened. So I went in for my surgery, and it was just bizarre because you're just sitting like it sounds really weird, but I was just sitting looking at my stomach, and I was like, 
So this time my stomach's going to look like this, do you mm. know what I mean? Before I look like a patchwork quilt. And um, I went in, they couldn't have been nicer. Like yeah. the the whole process, the nurses, the doctors, surgeon, amazing, yeah. um, brilliant. And before the whole process, you get told how to use a stoma, what a stoma was, what you're going to look like with a stoma, how a stoma sits in your body. What you need to do, blah, blah, blah. Uh, stoma nurses were the nicest to be women in the world. Really? Do you know what I mean? They were so nice because they were like, one of the stoma nurses get really upset when it was him and she was like, because she's like, you're the same age as my son. Okay. And she was just sitting like, and I was like, oh my God. So anyway, wake up in high, uh, high intensity or intensive, is it in high intensity? Whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I woke up and I was just all tubes and everything like that. Out my banger. And it was the most bizarre thing because I didn't get took up there straight away. I got took to post-surgery area mm-hmm. and I remember I was obviously out my nut and I was lying in the bed I remember it all and the girl still tells me I remember hearing somebody saying does that say Chris Ferry in that board? and um, the girl went and she went oh can I know a Chris Ferry because he used to train me and she went ah he's that guy over there she went ah can he be because Chris is only about 30 odd or something like that she went no that's Chris Ferry that's over Chris there Ferry. then and she was like came over I was like Oh. That's bonkers. It was mental, man. But that that is what you think. You think young people no. can't get the cancer. No, they can't. And I remember waking up and I just sitting rubbing my hand. So like you woke up and said, and she says to me, she's like, "What are you doing here?" And <laughs> she was laughing. We were having a laugh with each other. And she's like, "What are you doing here?" And then I went like that because she was quite jokey with it. She's a really good nurse. She's like, "What are you doing here?" And I says, "Well, you've not been to boot camp in a couple of weeks." I says, "So I'd sort of come and get you." And she's like, "You're a prick." <laughs> So we done like a laugh. Aye. So and like we went up to intensive care and somebody again. I heard them saying, "Is that that guy that owns Ferry Fit?" And I was like, and one of them went, "Aye, that's that's Chris Ferry." So I'm not saying like people knew who I was, but like it was a bit, it was a bit bizarre that because it was Wisher and I've got a German mother, so you were a bit like, and I was like, and then to say to them, I was like, please, I've not actually told MD that I'm in. Like nobody knows I've got bowel cancer. As I was saying at the beginning of this, I'd opened the gym in October, boom, big bang, and then I vanished. So people were like. What's happened to him? Where is he? Why is he away? What's he doing? Why is he avoiding this? And I did, and I totally vanished for the gym. So people, then people started talking. Somebody says, "Oh, he's out." And then this rumor started. I, I was getting a knee op and all oh, this right. stuff, which was fine. Yeah, I, I would much rather had a knee op. And I was <laughs> like, um, so stuff like that till the point where I was in hospital, and people started. I started seeing people mm-hmm. and people coming and visit and stuff like that. I get out of hospital. Mm-hmm. Only my closest friends knew, mm-hmm. family. And then I went out one day, and I'd, once they'd done that, they'd, obviously the bit of the bowel they cut out, mm-hmm. they had to check the lymph nodes. Yeah. So they had to basically see, this is that was my next point. So yeah. I had the whole worry of the surgery, getting a stoma bag, then I had to worry if I needed chemo and radiotherapy. Mm-hmm. And then I remember waiting, and I was like, look, come on, let me take your mind off it, please. Let's go out. And she took me up to Erdingston, and we went for lunch, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm not hungry. I just don't want to eat anything. And then my phone went, and it was my nurse. And she was like, you could tell it was going on. And she was like, Chris, 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 Chris. And was like, she's like, you don't need chemo. You don't need radiotherapy. And I'm pure, Mrrr. pure like greeting her. Right? And I'm like, oh my God. And she's like, that's it. That's it. All we need to do now is our next step is now we need to, we get the stoma reversed. That is our next, that's our next right. big thing. And I was like, thank God. And she's like, you've no idea. We're all like jumping about here. We're all so happy because you don't need it. And I'm like, thank God. God. They're so invested in your care oh, what happens to you. See the thing with the NHS, see like this whole everybody in the politics and everything like that. Oh. I would fight tooth and nail for everyone. Hence why we're doing we're these so events lucky. this year. 
my goal this year is to raise about 10 grand to try and give back what my surgery might have cost. I just want to pay them back. Yeah. And that's because they're amazing. And that, So I got told that and it was brilliant. And it was just, and at that point I'd pre-wrote a post and I post it because yeah. too many people were asking too many questions and asking Laura to and she well, took so the truth in the lie that, yeah Laura would have been under the mm-hmm. under pressure she's obviously going through all this with you no. and then people are going wait a see what's happening she's the most amazing woman in the world like, she walked in that gym and she put a mask on every day so people would be like How's, oh, what's Chris up to oh, she's, he's no feeling it. Or, 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 or she goes oh he's away at a meeting in Glasgow or mm-hmm. Had to lie, tooth and nail constantly. Do classes, do back shifts, get up at six in the morning. She was amazing, and that so we did the post. That was that out, and then I got my operation, and it was like a couple a week later. It was her anniversary, and we went to the Radstone when we got married, and um, she went like that here, and I was like, I was like, I've not been able to get a kind of driver in last. I've not got you a present. It was like plus. We're not getting paid now. I didn't have any money. I was like, I'm so sorry, I never got it. I'm so sorry. And she's like, no, 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 it's just a wee random gift. And she gave me it, and it was a pregnancy test. And we found out oh we were pregnant. Oh my goodness. So then we found out we were going to be parents again. And Jeez. it was the best thing in the world. Do you know what I mean? So it was great. So that is then, obviously, um, in August um, last year, we had Lucia. You did. And I mean, your girls are just beautiful. Thank you so much. They're amazing. That's- some story. Aye. So that's why Lucia get called Lucia, because it means light in Italian. Spot on. So how are you now? I'm good, man. This is it. So this is why it's nice to like, I'm sorry if I pure waffled, but that you was my story. Waffle. So that was, that was perfectly I'm good now. Um, mentally, I'm much better. I, I wasn't yeah. very good well, until I had to open it. I'm like, that's a whole other thing to deal with in itself, probably mm. after the fact as well. Do you yeah. mean like you're just doing the thing and getting the operation and dealing with like health wise, but then it's the whole mental aspect. Aye. Dealing with everybody else's reaction as mm-hmm. well and then going, I've just been through this. The mental it's side's the hardest. Uh, the mental side was the hardest. Like, no matter what, like, I respect it. See, people have got a stone bag. You've, the amount of respect I've got for them is unbelievable because that broke me. And I never thought that would break me because I, I was like, fuck it, give me the stone of it, I'll be fine, yeah. I'll be fine. Nope. Yeah. Laura never once seen me with my top off. I never, I used to lock myself in the bathroom. It took me 40 minutes to go for a shower before I used to put on motivation. I had Les Brown and Tony Robbins now, purely like jeaned myself up to get a shower to physically take off my top. Wow. And, um, and that's the thing like that broke me down and it just I couldn't cope with it. Panic attack. Never had a panic attack before. My had a panic attack. I actually thought I was having a heart attack, yeah, yeah. and I was like, I never understood anxiety, depression, nothing like that. Went for dinner. My friend Ian organised a big dinner for me. My mate Jamie flew back from America to see me at the Christmas time because mm-hmm. he's like, I'm not going to leave you. I want to see you, and we thought we were going out for dinner with him. So and I, before it, I lay in the couch and I was like, I'm not going out for dinner. And she's like, you need to come out. And I just lay and I was sitting crying on the couch and I'm like, I don't want to go out for dinner, just leave me alone. And she's like, please, 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 Jamie's floor all the way over, come on, it's just the four of you, come on, come on, come on. And I, I'd get that anxious, I put my jumper on and, um, and I, put my, I put my jumper on, which I soon realised when I got to the restaurant, it was on backwards and inside out. I was just so nervous uh-huh. and we were walking, I was rattling, getting to the restaurant and everybody was, all my mates were there. And I was like that to Jamie. This is amazing. I can't believe they all got together like to come and see us. This is good to be surprised before you go back. And <laughs> Jamie's well, Jamie's dead straight to the point. Jamie went, they're all here for you, you dick. <laughs> right? And I was like, what? what? And he went, do you not realise that we're all here for you? And I was like, 
And then we all sat at the table and I just looked and all my mates were there and I stuck my hands under the table because I honestly, my hands were shaking so much. I couldn't unclench my hands. I just, and everybody was like, you're right. And I was like, I got a glass of wine. I was like, and I went to take it and just like, to my hands. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Can I deal with us? But I so it was good. So we'd done that, and it was just sort of like I couldn't deal with that whole side of it. Like I couldn't deal with like the whole anxiety and depression, and then it just broke me down. And again, Eleanor helped me. So yeah. I phoned her, and she's like, "How are you?" And I just went silent. She went, "I've been waiting. You phoning me?" And I was like, "Oh." Then she sent me up with her, she's, so she sent me up. She, mm. she knows her stuff. So she sent me up with like somebody to talk to a woman called Elaine so she did like she was like a bit like a counsellor but she did Reiki and all that stuff I'd never been for Reiki nothing like that I'd get set up to go to the Haven lovely people Mm. wasn't really for me which is no disrespect for them they were fantastic and then she set me up to talk to I ended up getting this guy and I used to talk to him every Sunday for an hour and it was brilliant and I did that went for Reiki Elaine asked me to lie in the bed and she went would you mind do you trust me and I was like I and she was like, just lie in the bed. And I was like angry. I, I was just so angry with everything. Why me? Everything like that. Mm. And I was like, oh, greeting, angry. Just hated everything. Tens. She went, just lie in that bed. I'm like, I'm going to do something. And she did Reiki on me. Best thing in the world. Like, really? love it. Love it now. I'd go for Reiki like once a month. And it's the best thing. And I know, like, I think it's great. And yeah, I'd totally sell it to MD. And that's what we done. I started doing that and I started taking care of myself more, like uh, breathing more, a um, mm. wee bit of meditation, going for walks, understanding how lucky I was. And that's the thing I found that was hard as well in hospital. It, you felt like a bit of a guinea pig because all the nurses knew who you were, not because they knew who you were, they knew you as a guy, that young guy that got cancer and got caught dead early. Mm. Because my when, I remember one night lying there in hospital and I was in the bed and I was sitting there and I think it was my headphone had cut out and it was like two in the morning it was only really me it was only really me in the room and I was like fucking flung my iPad down that and the male nurse came in and he's like you alright? and I was like fucking this and that why why me? why me not? and he was like I can see why you're angry I can see why you're angry not and I was like how does anybody know? nobody effing knows nobody effing knows and he went no they don't and then he was like but you have no idea how lucky you are everybody knows who you are in here Mm. He says, because everybody's talking about you. He says, how did they find that in you? Mm. He says, they would never find that. He says, it sat behind your bill. How did they even find that in you? He says, see the words they find in that? He says, see if they did they find that in you? He says, you'd be dead. I know it sounds like a thing, he says, but you are so, so lucky. At that point, I was like, I'm actually really lucky. Yeah, you were you weren't able at that point to focus on mm-hmm. the gratitude for them finding it and and, mm-hmm. and getting it that quick. Yeah, you know, just like this has happened to me and all this. All that, I mean, it's just such an alien experience until totally. you, you go through it, and that's why I think it's really important for you to tell your story and tell your truth because your experience is going to be totally unique. There'll be mm-hmm. things that you'll have said and somebody that's went through cancer, like yeah, that was me too, that was me too, but your experience how that all laid out for you is totally unique mm-hmm. and just whatever MD can take away from that a nugget Aye. of like wisdom or light you know it's important that you keep speaking about it for you as well for your mental health like oh, the totally. point of speaking and just you know saying it out loud or you know mm-hmm. sharing it I think that would be very cathartic yeah. for you it's, it, I do believe that now as well like I, I, like I found like I didn't want to talk I didn't want to share my story I didn't want to do anything and gradually I was just like I'm seeing young people around me getting diagnosed with cancer all the time and 
I've been finding people writing to me and it's dead, it's really nice and it's you're sort of like want to help them as much as you can and no matter what, there's no body swerving it, people what can and will get cancer, there's no yeah. avoiding it. If somebody can catch it very early, like yeah. I was caught yeah, it, yeah. then like when I met with Bill Cancer UK and the, the, I met the woman from London and she came up to see me and that's what she said, she says, you've no idea like how lucky you are she goes this is part of the reason we want to write an article and you be she goes obviously we want you to share your story she goes but she goes do you know that the majority of people diagnosed with uh, your type of cancer between 30 and 40 mm-hmm. are at stage 4 and I was like no and she goes you were caught at stage 1 too yeah. she goes you, you didn't need chemo yeah, she goes would, your you story is unbelievable you experienced if there's not been cancer in your family or somebody's gone through it before you you would have been just like well I didn't know that I didn't know anything about nah. cancer before I got it See the thing is now, it is part of me and as horrible as it was, a lot of good things like with my daughter, like it's came like here, so I've got Lucia, Sophia has grown up and I've watched her grow up, but for three, she's like unbelievable, do you know what I mean? And she got me through it. Mm, and of like and that's the thing, like she tells everybody like her dad's pals with Spider Man and the reason he was in hospital was because my dad and Spider Man were fighting the baddies, and my dad's got uh, my dad's get my dad gets stabbed by the baddies on his tummy. That's why my daddy's got his mark on his tummy. So <laughs> pictures of me. We were seeing the, like how to, how to train your dragon. She was all you had was her going, "Daddy, there's your friend. There's your friend. That's my daddy's friend. My daddy's best friend, Spider Man." And then like you'll have your watch, and you'll be like, "Oh, Siri, uh, load up Spider Man," and it'll come up pictures of Spider Man. I'll be like, "Sophia." Spider-Man's just fought me and he sent me a picture and um, she always brings up things like that and like if you're going she'll be like um, like if you go to the doctor she'll be like Daddy do you need to go to the doctors with Spider-Man just to make sure you're okay? She always says to me she goes but you beat the baddies then you you don't need to do it. they're, they're all uh-huh, and, I'm, and she always wants that reassurance so if I'm getting changed now she come up and she'll rub my stomach and she's like you beat the baddies and I'm like so she's great like at Christmas we bought her a Spider-Man and told her it was from Spider-Man and she was like oh my god did Spider-Man's wee boy get this as well and we're like yes and like so it's brilliant so like she's getting so much stronger from it as well and that's the thing and like me and my relationship we've always been tight we've been together for more or less since we were at school so we are solid and like we've got the chair my family of course I always found with my friends I found it was quite bizarre in the fact that I found who my real friends were, and I found who my, my friends I thought were my friends are not, and that that was quite hurtful in a way. Um, but in another way, I personally feel when I spoke to on our podcast, like um, we met a guy uh, David, and he's got more neurons, mm-hmm. and what an amazing man this guy is. We spoke about how we feel like everything's highlighted, everything's it sounds stupid, and you say it to people, and people are like, shop. But I says to David, I was like. I feel now that everything is like highlighted. I feel that like all the colour resolutions are brighter. Yeah. I feel that like all the sounds are louder. I says, and I feel like everything, everything is sharper. Mm-hmm. I says, and see now, I don't get as angry as much. Mm-hmm. I says, I'm not, I wasn't materialistic in that way anyway. Yeah. But certain things are like, no, everything's about like memories for me changed. now. Like, can yeah. I go on holiday? I that's a memory yeah, can I go yeah. to the park that I would rather do that do you know what I mean and stuff or people go can I get in now for PT I'd be like no I bath my daughters at 6 o'clock yeah. so no and these things are important mm-hmm. and it isn't the big flashy holidays and cars or whatever you know the no. material things you've been given the gift of the, that kind of perspective after something so it's your life before mm-hmm. that happened and now your life now and your life before was fabulous and that's the journey that you've yeah. been on but now like you're saying that's a great way to put it like everything is 
Hey, no. Aye. There was a woman I met and she knew me and she said to me, she says, Crystal goes, I know she, she does like life coaching and um, hypnotherapy and she goes, she's really good, she's very straight to the point and she went, Chris, you were, when I met you, I did a hypnotherapy course, totally random, I know, right. but um, I did this course well and she says, seen I met you, she goes, I watched you, she goes, and everything you did, you did, and you, she goes, you were like a steam train, she goes, everything you did, you were like, you would, nothing would stop you until you got to your goal mm-hmm. and you just, you smashed everything yeah. out the park she goes, you were so driven. She goes, the only thing that could have stopped that steam train was cancer. In a way, I'm so glad that your train is now running at a good pace yes. and steady, going go, fully go, go, go. 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 Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing now. It's like, about being present, mm-hmm. isn't it? Because sometimes yeah. we can be guilty of looking ahead all the time. What's next? What's happening? And to a certain extent, obviously, when you're running a business, you do need to think like uh-huh. that. But it's when things are happening now be present uh-huh. this is what I like about podcasting because I can't think about anything else yeah. but what you're telling me mm-hmm. do you know what I mean like, that's what I love and that's about like them. a mindful element of just yeah. having a conversation with somebody exactly right and th- like, that's the reason Like that's why I love podcasting that's like when me and Stephen started ours two of us started because my journey and his and that's what he said he had his mental health one and I had my cancer one and that's mm-hmm. what he says the two of us sat one day and see that when you're, you're you just you meet all different types of people yeah. you talk you find out things and like you say it is your life aye? there's always something that you can learn and from what you do know just mm-hmm. just by having a conversation an open conversation and letting all the noise go mm-hmm. and just be in the moment uh, exactly yeah. and that's what i found for instance with the gym is we were talking the other day and it was like oh what's one of the best investments you put in the gym recently and i was saying that to my mate and i went four stools Four stools is probably the best investment I put in that yeah. gym. People sit, they talk, they socialise, they open up. I'd, I'd met a girl yesterday who came down and she'd say, she'd say to me that um, she'd been diagnosed with breast cancer and she mm-hmm. came down to talk to me. I didn't know. I was like, what are you doing? And she, mm. she told me. She's only about the same age as me. And that's the one thing I said to her at the end. I spoke to her and obviously I gave her a big hug and we mm. spoke for a good while. And that's the thing I said at the end. I said, just make sure you talk. Yeah. I was like... The fact I said, that she came and... To do that with you mm-hmm. speaks volumes about uh-huh. what you've built. And that's why I, the one thing I said to her, I was like, I didn't care about her membership. She was trying no. to tell me justify me. I was like, I don't care about like you. Yeah, uh-huh. like, this is my yeah, main I mean, thing. Is you? you, like, you yeah, I just want you to get better. This family, uh-huh. essentially. Then I care about you. I just cared about her getting better, and that's what I said to her. See when you feel you can. So you come down. I says, if you want, we'll sit and we'll have a coffee. We'll just talk. I says, or if you want, if you feel you want to try a class, you go and do that. Mm, I says, but yeah. the one thing, just your mental health. I says, that's the thing straight after. I says, because you become very, very that's, overwhelming. That's, you know from experience. And I know, aye. Yeah. And uh, no one would have judged you if you had kept this all private to yourself. It is your private life. Uh-huh. You don't need to tell your clients. You don't need to tell social media that you've had bowel cancer. But you obviously felt you know, you wanted to, and mm. that, you know, and to stop all the rumours that you were... Yeah, it's just something I wanted to do. Playing with Spider-Man. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, obviously, me and Spider-Man are besties, so, like, I feel, I do tell the world that. Um, but, but, like, the fact that you did has then opened a whole other, almost side to, to Fairy Fit, in the mm. sense that you are an open book, to an extent, and obviously you're not going to tell everybody your business, but you are an open book, and then people feel that then they're coming to be vulnerable and working out, because that, can mm-hmm. be a very vulnerable place for people Aye. that we're not in here thinking we're the best thing since sliced bread and that you know that nothing bad happens to us we are normal people who have normal lives and mm-hmm. things like cancer happen to us it, that's what comes across having never stepped in your gym before I'm getting that vibe I like I, I, I do I, I, I love to try and like my friends get a production company and I, sat, I was sitting with him last night and that's what we were talking about was 
we were talking about like the social media say, and it was that he was saying to me, he goes, we need to get across, like for instance, our boot camps and I, I listen. Do you listen to Simon Sinek? Oh, I don't know. So it was. I've just finished his book, and it's like find your why. Okay. And that's and it, it was very, very good timing. That again, mm. everyone has a reason. I just finished the book last night, and that's what the book was all about. And we were sitting doing the, the we're talking about the video and mind map and how we're going to do the videos cool. and stuff. And that's love it. A mind map. I love a mind map. I also do. <laughs> and that's what we said. And it was like why? And mm. David was that to me. Going and it and I started talking. He's like, "Well, you've just listened to it. Says, now you've just told me your why. That is that is why your why. Why you started. Look, mm. and then we did. A, that's what we're doing. Why did we start the book yes. camp? Why did it, and he's like, everything you do is always get a reason behind it. Everything you say is always get a reason behind it. He says your logo has got a reason behind it. He says like it goes like from like the F being like an Italian say like hang me the dragon is off of one of your dragons in your tattoo. He says like um, the blue." was an Azuri blue and it was an Italian blue but the blue actually is Napoli blue because it was the first top football top that your gran and grandpa got you Jeez. and it was like everything you do has got a reason yeah. why he says like That's and, and, and says, everyone connects with you and I was like I and he says so we want people to understand like money is not my god and I always remember when I started in the fitness industry one of the guys I was shadowing he's been in the game for years and he said to me he says see if money's your god Chris get out of the fitness industry right now. And yeah. I was like, right, and that's what we were sitting saying last night. I mean, David, were sitting watching it. And he goes, look at all these people on social media. And we were laughing at one. The guy had put on a pair of glasses and a blazer uh-huh. and was standing with like a, a, a chart, yes. right, with a pen. And David went, look at that, look in the mirror. He's in his bloody bedroom in a hotel and his pal's taking a photo of him with a clip chart. He says, but then he's portraying this yeah. the thing that he's this, he's this fitness guru and he can help your business. Mm. That's just bollocks. Uh-huh. He says, your you, reason is your gym is there to help people. Yeah. It's a community, it's a hub and that's what we need to get across and that's yeah. what we're trying to get across. People like, as it's a hub, it's like a mum and baby class. We do a Bella class now for our mums because yeah. we found our mums were getting, they didn't want to go to gyms anymore because they found it intimidating. Yeah. Um, our guys wanted a group PT because they wanted somewhere they could go and they could vent and they yeah. could talk. We're all with the same uniform because why? Because we're a team. We release an event top every year because at the end of the day, we all run these events and we're all one. And that's what we're trying to get across. So we did a Tough Murder, the biggest Scottish Tough Murder team. We did, that was, was amazing. It's pretty cool. But we released, so it was like blue, then red, now it was purple, and this year's yellow for the beats. Mm-hmm. And, and we get these tops, and last year, for instance, like we had all our guys, mm-hmm. we had Belsa Academy, we had Carlton Newman, we had an LGBT group, I think mm-hmm. I've missed out a letter, but we've got that, we had Damon Vaughan, and the whole idea is the minute they put on the tops, they're one. We yeah. are one team. Doesn't matter what age you are, we're all just one. No coach can be a captain. Nice one. The members have to be captains and the members will give them the captain's armband and we'll tell them this is the reason this person is getting this captain's armband. I love that. And it gives them their recognition that right. that's why they've done that. Same with the kids. So we had it was really amazing with the kids. All the all of us were there and all the kids and we called up every single kid and we told each one why the kid was getting that kid, they're like 16, 17, why they got that captain's armband. And that's the thing, it was amazing with their mums and dads, right? And they're like, this is brilliant. And then it was good and we're getting loads of inquiries for like, can we come to you for work experience now? And it's great and it's we're getting like local groups, we're working with like kids with autism and that's what we're trying to get across. We genuinely are in this game to help people. And that's what I say to all my coaches, like all my coaches are, they're not my, they're their own coach, but like yeah. as a team, mm. like they're all 
singing with the same yeah, same hymn sheet. They've gravitated to you for all the reasons, mm. and then you've obviously taken them on because you're just like you, you know that's what they're there for. Their yeah. intentions are exactly where yours lie. Mm-hmm. You have clearly found your why. Yeah, and it's not for the financial gain of it obviously no. it's dead hard work it's ah, you do you bust your balls and, and you could have been doing that architectural could have been doing architectural <laughs> type hard I mean <laughs> but like that's the thing like but, I, would I, that have like fulfilled you the way that this does mm-hmm. you know it's like you need to think for the long term you need to like in the present moment it's not about the money that I might get from something or the you know the wealth or the you know the big house or whatever it is in the moment when I'm doing my job do I love it mm-hmm. you know and that's what I do. I absolutely do. Aye. Right. Thank you so much for doing this. No, thank you so much. Yeah. I'm sorry if I've waffled for you about two not, hours. You have not. I'm going to Chop ask it. you though. No, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I'm going to ask you some of my thingamabob questions. Oh, good. So, I like this. Go these are randoms. Oh, I like these. I've selected a couple of for you. Oh, these good. These are so good. Oh, no. We, we do we do zombie apocalypse. <laughs> that's what we do at the end of ours. So we ask people for <laughs> the zombie apocalypse. So when you come in our podcast, then <laughs> you can do that. So this comes up quite a lot. People are like, where? Somebody's doing a podcast, I'm like, nope. Mm-hmm. You're coming <laughs> on yours. nothing interesting to say. No, tough, you're coming on. <laughs> right. Go. What's your workout anthem? Um, what's my favourite one? Yeah. Um, Dropkick Murphy's Shipping to Boston. Oh, nice one. Because mm. I, I, I hear a lot of like old school yeah, I, bits and pieces in that. I, I, I openly admit, I was a guy that hung about up the sandy, wore my trackies, yes. used to go to Majestics. <laughs> That and was me. Going Majestics Unders now, I used to go to Majestics Overs straight I, after I it. I never made it to the Unders, it was the Overs. I went to oh. my 18th birthday, I was in Majestic. I oh, yeah. Hey. Aye, aye. Well, I used to go to Majestics Unders with my Echo jacket on, <laughs> and then I'd go home, and I'd get changed, I'd put my kicker shirt on, and my base moccasins, and then I would go up, and I always remember, and the guy went, were you in here earlier? And I was like, I was 16, 17. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, oh, earlier? I says, do you have an echo jack on? He goes, that's my wee brother. Right, so my brother's Scott, right? And I was that's my brother Scott. I said, oh, I need to tell my mum, right? So it ends up, I was like 17, I was getting in, and I always remember in the queue, and I was standing there, and I went to Majestics, and they went to go in, and the guy, somebody in the crowd, I went to go in, and somebody went, you know me, bike, that wee dick's two years below me. And the bouncer went, excuse me, he's a regular. And I was like that. Get up, yeah. No, yeah. Rocking in, yeah. <laughs> then I was brilliant. <laughs> Good times, Majestics, eh? There you go. Jeez. Um, what hidden talent do you possess? I don't I used to be very good at drawing. Yes. I used to love that. I love mm. art. I love do you still art. doodle? I do, like, um, I've started started a wee bit more. Um, I'm going to do more because I find it calms me down yeah. really good. But uh, drawing, and I really, really enjoy like, cooking. Well, that's quite handy then for making mm. some healthy meals. No, they're not healthy. I don't make healthy. Not? No, I, I love, like, I like, uh, I'm obsessed with, like, since my family was Italian, I always, like, I'm obsessed with trying to get really good recipes, like Italian recipes. Uh-huh. I find that really... Mm. Uh, thing with so like the other week I made uh, me and my wife made uh, ravioli oh, it's good I man I've only ever had ravioli out of tin I mean I'm not saying like it was yesterday I'm talking about when I was wee I think it was the last <laughs> okay. time I had ravioli aye alright so, I'll let you when you come to your podcast you can make me some ravioli I'll make you part right? okay. we'll do that then <laughs> <laughs> it's a deal um, what's a moment in your past that you want to relive again if you could we used to have a pool table in my dad's workshop and we used to weave football um, goals at my mum and dad's back and my grandpa and Uncle Jack used to come round and we used to do stuff like that and they used to sit and have a cigar and sit at the back 
and I would go back and always remember it being a summer's day and going and doing that and him, my grandpa, my uncle Jack trying to teach me to play football, shit as I was and then going in and playing pool and we always used to put bets on who would win I used to use my grandpa and my uncle Jack's money but <laughs> so something like that, I would go back That's to something perfect. like that Yeah, Love that If you could be a fly on a wall in any room at any time mm-hmm. where would you be? Who would be in the room? That's that's, that's, a, that's a difficult one. I know. Um, I'd love it to be a fly in the wall in like the White House of the Pentagon to see what actually the waffle in there. Mm. I'd love to see if he if, if he actually is in control or if he's just a puppet. Uh-huh. Something like that. If I had to go back in time, I'd love to go back to like Roman times <gasps> and sort of like right. look at maybe like a, a gladiator game or see if there are like some of that are like a a Viking city time to see something like that to see what they were actually like mm. so it wasn't all like <laughs> like you would <laughs> like see in moves. 300 and stuff like that <laughs> so, I mean if it, like, I'd like to actually go back and see something see like that having, like general chit chat just sitting chilling I mean there was no <laughs> actual gladiators or anything like that but I'd like to see aye, stuff like that mm. I'd like to go back to the times love it you're very good at the mm. questions. and the last question that I ask everybody on the podcast is what is your favourite Scottish word or phrase Eh. Uh, <laughs> uh, you just can't beat ball bag it has came up quite a lot has it? it it's one of the favourites and actually I coined the phrase well I think I coined the phrase I checked if it was a hashtag apparently it was no um, bra bag oh. so to celebrate the, the, the decent people in your life the bra bags who are just doing great things being great people a bra bag so you Chris Berry Arabic. Well, thanks very much. Really I, a compliment. <laughs> I feel you should start dishing out badges like Blue Peter badges. You have actually read my mind. I would like to make bra bag. Oh, you should totally badges. give them out. That's so weird you say that. Totally. You've read my mind. This is happening now. You know this. You now need just, to get it done. I feel like there is a bra bag badge winging its way to you. Thanks so very much. Made. I'm looking forward to Thank that. you so much for doing this. Well, well thank you. Thanks for having me on. I'm dead excited to see what Fairy Fit get up to this year. But, I mean, it sounds like it's just going to be. World domination. <laughs> Just thanks for your your honesty, your openness, and it's no problem. It's hopefully it helps somebody. Definitely raw, raw brave material. Oh, thank you. Well thank done. you. Yay! Cheers. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Bra and the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.